It's the Kim Monson Show, analyzing the most important stories. I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations. The latest in politics and world affairs. With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not. Today's current opinions and ideas. I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucrat the power to make rules about what we inject into our body. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you to this team that I get to work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Thursday to you, producer Steve. Yes. uh, What do we call it? Thankful Thursday, right? It is Thankful Thursday, that is for sure. And there's a lot to be thankful for, and there's a lot going on as well. I loved uh, Dr. Malone yesterday when uh, Tabitha had called in and asked, uh, how does he continue on this battle because he has been so attacked? And he said, it's important to be a happy warrior. And that is so important, Steve. Uh, So we must be happy warriors. I guess that's something I uh, haven't quite acquired yet. <laughs> I, you know. I think we have to continue to, to work on that. Being fully transparent here, yes, I need to work on that. <laughs> well, I think we all do from time to time. But uh, <clears throat> check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests, our most recent essays and podcasts. You can email me at Kim at Kim dot com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're clearly an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff whether or not it's their rights, their property, their freedom, their livelihood, opportunity, or lives via force. And that could be with a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, the World Economic Forum, Davos Globalist Elite's agenda, or the new 87,000 IRS agents authorized in the Democrats' Inflation Reduction Act. And if something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to implement it. And socialism is not about free stuff. That is just the carrot to get people to vote for it. Socialism is about control, uh, power, uh, centralized within a few elites. And uh, we see uh, one of those elites uh, has uh, said that she's not going to uh, run for president. Right, uh, Producer Steve? Yeah, I'm not sure when the interview was, but uh, you know, she was on CBS with Nora O'Donnell, and you know, O'Donnell put it right to her: "Would you ever run for president again?" And she says, "No, no, but I'm going to do everything I can do to make sure that we have a president who respects our democracy, and there's that word again, mm-hmm. and the rule of law, and upholds our institutions." And this really caught my eye because I'm thinking. Gee, Hillary, in all your time in public service, I didn't see much of any of that going on. So why is it so important now? Uh, very important. And again, you nail this. We need to we need to find somebody to talk about this um, 
use of the word democracy. And I remember even when I was on city council, which was 2012 to 2016, we were in all kinds of meetings. And I was in a meeting uh, with an attorney that clearly had a a political agenda uh, and um, uh, clearly was carrying water for the Obama administration on a particular policy. I'll probably talk about that as we get into some of these issues in the, on this ballot. But he he referred to it as our democracy. So this is nothing new. This war of language has been going on, and they've called our country a democracy. We're a democratic constitutional republic is what we are. And uh, we're clearly not teaching that in our government-run schools because uh, either it was by design or he just didn't know. But we are not a democracy. A democracy um, uh, uh, develops very very, um quickly into mob rule yes because 50 plus one then they get to make the rules the reason we have a constitutional republic is to actually protect the minority well you know maybe we should have done before we started talking about hillary we should have done our quote of the day because they kind of go together well i thought we could segue into the quote of the day by edmund burke okay uh he said um see he was an irish-born british statesman economist and philosopher He was born in Dublin. He served as a member of parliament between 1766 and 1794 in the House of Commons of Great Britain with the Whig Party. He was born in 1729. He died in 1797. And he said this. He said, hypocrisy can afford to be magnificent in its promises. For never intending to go beyond promise, it costs nothing. And my gosh, we see a whole bunch of that, although it is costing a lot. Uh, these promises that they've made as far as uh, national debt, it is costing a lot, but it's not costing them anything, Steve. Well, with uh, I believe it now it's 61 days to go f- uh, to the midterms, this is a great quote. <laughs> yes. And uh, speaking of, uh, Edmund Burke was, was very, um, I, th- I think he was sympathetic to um, the colonists. And uh, I think that's a great segue in to talk about U.S. Constitution Week. Uh, and that's uh, in Grand Lake. It's the premier Constitution Week in the country. Although there are two spinoffs, uh, there's going to be one in Lake Havasu, Arizona, and one in Fort Collins as well. And uh, in fact, we'll have uh, the organizers on uh, within the next few days on that. I think it's going to be next week is what we're going to do. But check out Grand Lake U.S. Constitution Week. That's uh, GrandLakeUSConstitutionWeek.com, and they have all of the activities. And each day uh, they have uh, at 11 o'clock in the morning, they have a presentation and then also uh, six o'clock in the evening and uh, really just great subjects. And, you know, it's great just for an afternoon or for a day just to go up there. But uh, the main event is on Saturday, the 17th. I have the great honor to emcee the main event. And at 9 a.m. on Saturday, they're going to have a dedication of Veterans Memorial Park. There's going to be an Air Force flyover at 1030 in the parade. At 11.30 will be the uh, main event uh, in the park. And the speaker is Frank Donatelli talking about remembering President Reagan's speech on the 200th anniversary of the Constitution. Dot Zero will have a concert in the afternoon and then fireworks over the waterfront front on um, Saturday evening. So be sure and join us for that. That's Grand Lake U.S. Constitution Week. And uh, really excited about that. Uh, one 
headline that I wanted to make sure that we hit because um, Janie, one of our listeners, had emailed me about this. Uh, She had her ear to the ground that there might be a rail strike. And then Patty found this in The Hill. And it says there's a potential nationwide freight rail strike and uh, threatening to cripple the U.S. economy ahead of the holiday shopping season and November's midterm elections. It says roughly 115,000 rail workers could walk off the job as soon as September 16th if they cannot agree to a new contract with railroads. Steve, um, I don't know if I would call this the October surprise. I've got to think if we are in a situation where the U.S. economy is being totally crippled like this, voters are going to be very, um, I think, reticent to continue to keep these Democrats in office. Although this could play out uh, possibly in a a different way. If people start to not have food and uh, goods, that could be a real problem as well. And remember during the reaction to COVID-19 when there were all these little signs that said we're, we're in this together? Boy, I tell you, if we have a rail strike, that, that doesn't look to me like we're all in this together. We're in a, a very difficult situation. And we all need to come together. We need to unite to come together because America is truly uh, being assaulted, attacked. And uh, I'm very concerned about this, Steve. Well, it this you know between now and September sixteenth, this bears a lot of watching in, in a lot of different ways for a lot of different reasons. I mean, politicians of on both sides uh, can rise up and do something great here, or they can fumble totally in, in what I just say sixty one days to go. Uh, you know, it's the pressure is on. There's no doubt about it. Well, and as I looked at this article, it said that five of the 13 unions representing rail workers have reached tentative agreements with the railroads to enact the Presidential Emergency Board recommendations. It calls for a 24% pay raise, back pay, and cash bonuses. Uh, you know, inflation is certainly uh, out out of control, um, but that's a pretty healthy um pay increase, but it said a number of the rail workers are actually frustrated with punishing hours and rigid schedules that make it difficult to take time off for any reason. You're a train guy. Have you been familiar with any of of these um, concerns, Steve? Uh, I I hear things from time to time from people. Well, I knew that. Well, I mean, (laughs) in in that circle, uh, my fellow volunteers are all still connected with people you know they, they maybe they're retired but they still talk to their former co-workers and and things like that and i'm aware that there's this there's general you know low simmer of attitudes going on now for you know quite some time but like you okay. you know we know federal law will give congress the power to block or delay any railroad strike and then we had this other entity out there that I guess was recently created the Presidential Emergency Board. Let's oh, let's boy. see what that that's going to be about. Boy, I know. And uh, gosh, for unions to look at this economy and strike at this particular point in time, uh, I mean, I hope they get to an agreement, Steve, because this would really be difficult. This would make it very difficult for. Um, everyday people, I think. Well, that mindset is as old as, I mean, they know now they have the upper hand. I mean, things have been put on hold for a long time, and now, oh boy, there's a there's an election coming, and we we do have the upper hand right now to try to help, you know, 
push our cause forward and and dare the politicians to uh you know to to stop us uh, i um the unions and the democrats are really cozy though i gotta think they're let's just stay tuned to see what happens oh yeah we've got a week here to to sit on this and watch watch it simmer some more watch it, yeah watch and see what happens well so it'll before. go from simmer to boil i'm, I'm sure in a matter yeah. of days it sure could. It sure could. So, hey, before we go to break, and I'm very excited. We've got a great show planned for you today. In the next segment, we'll talk with uh, Marla Fernandez. And she is running for state house here in Colorado. And she uh, grew up in Cuba. She is so concerned about what is happening here in Colorado and in, in our country. She's stepping forward to um, run for office. So we'll talk with her in just a moment. But before we get to that, I uh, wanted to mention Hooters Restaurants. They're sponsors of both the shows. They have five locations, Loveland, Aurora, Westminster, Lone Tree, and Colorado Springs. And uh, let's see, today is the first day of the NFL, and they have all kinds of football specials. And, of course, they'll be showing the games on their big TVs there. So you can check all that out. They're partners of mine. It's a really interesting story about capitalism and free markets and freedom. You can find that at my website, KimMunson.com. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back with Marla Fernandez. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Are you concerned about the curriculum taught in government-run schools? Are you concerned about CRT and sexual indoctrination worldview agendas taught to your children in government-run schools? Are you concerned that your children are not receiving a quality education in the government-run public schools? Have you considered homeschooling but don't know where to start? Christian Home Educators of Colorado, or CHECK, has answers. You can homeschool. Go to check.org slash start. Kim Munson highly recommends Christian Home Educators of Colorado. Reclaim your child's education by going to chec.org slash start today. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Uh, on the line with me is Marla Fernandez. And, um, she had, uh, I guess her parents grew up in Cuba and uh, she was born and raised in Miami. She is out here in Colorado. She's running for house district three. Uh, Marla Fernandez, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, yes, my parents, I'm here in Colorado. I've been here for 30 years. Okay. And your parents, um, left Cuba, correct? And then and you grew up in Miami. Do I have that all correct? Yes. Yeah. My mother uh, left Cuba when she was 15, 
1961. So she uh, saw what was happening with Castro in Cuba, and that's one of the reasons that you're so concerned, concerned enough to run for office, correct? Yes. Tell us about that. Um, so I, um, I, I decided that I needed to take a step in uh, the office direction um, because I started noticing patterns in literacy and, um, and how it, it wasn't changing. So I said, you know what, and, and they were off, and the DPS kept silencing me every time I would ask. Uh, teachers about what they're doing to correct the literacy rates in the schools, and I decided last fall to run for office. And then, as I was running for office, I said I really don't want to win this election at the school board level. Um, I, it would be really nice if I could get nominated at caucus and run against uh, a candidate um, and actually bring it up to as a, as a statewide. Um, issues. Um, so it, the literacy, the literacy uh, crisis really was important enough that I needed to get in the race and actually make some conversation and talk about the racism and the systemic racism that the left keeps pushing and uh, on us. Um, and, and this racism thing that they pushed on us right now, that they pushed on me um, is really a tactic of, of the left, too. Um, and I'm glad that uh, media was baited on my one-word <laughs> comment. Yes, I'm seeing that uh, you have made the news. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you baited the media and and why you okay, did it so, and what it was exactly? So I said, I'm a, I'm a Hispanic, <clears throat> and, I, and my opponent is uh, white. And uh, she's up here, and she just got endorsed by the NEA. And so I made a comment uh, uh, briefly uh, that, you know, all my dyslexic, I, I, you know, just to kind of bait the, the left in the, in the beginning. And then I made the comment to her about her endorsement and the NEA and how the left, uh, uh, those endorsements compromise her her stance. Um, and, the, and the Democrats are... 95% of, of Democrats get uh, endorsements from the NEA uh, to, to run for office. Um, so I, I kind of said, well, what would happen if I left this work? Because I actually didn't make a typo, um, but, and I read it again. <laughs> and I said, what would happen if I just leave it um, as a Hispanic? Would, would, would I get, you know, what would happen on Twitter? Um, and the next thing I did, the next thing I know, uh, it blew up on me, um, but it, it is uh, when if people on the left would stop using racist as a political weapon, it would be easier to return to political discourse. Um, but unfortunately, the left is more concerned about scoring cheap political points and using uh, um, uh, the GOP and the Republican candidates who are minorities uh, to score those points. Um, and uh, the left is particularly effective when it comes to labeling um, concerns, as ra- labeling ca- candidates as racist. And I, I, I believe that that this that what they did 
was actually turning it around and labeling me as a racist, even though it's not, I'm not a racist. And there was no intention to pinpoint on anybody in particular, but to kind of bait the media and get, uh, um, and, and get a conversation on their word on, on, on what is racism. Okay. So uh, I see how this this happened. Uh, your opponent <clears throat> was endorsed, you said, by the NEA, which is the National Education Association. Yeah, That's a teacher's union. union. Yeah. And then also the... Yeah, the American Federation of Teachers. Uh, and so these are both unions. And let's just connect this dot. Uh, the unions have been in control of the government-run schools for quite some time, and yet our kids are not reading. And that is the reason yeah. that you got into this race is because of literacy rates. Uh, yeah. You are... Um, would be called a, a brown person, correct? And you're... Yeah. Uh, your opponent is Caucasian, and the reason we're, we're bringing that up is because the left is using racism to divide us. Uh, so here we have a brown candidate that is running, but yet the teachers' unions endorse the white candidate, but yet they're using racism, uh, CRT, in the schools. Uh, it What we need to be doing is realizing that uh, we're, we're, we're certainly a race, but we're one race. It's the human race. But they're using this, but yet it's only when it's convenient for them. And I think that's kind of the hypocrisy that you were trying to, to get to. So anyway, your opponent said, wow, um, that she had been endorsed by the uh, Teachers Union, American Federation of Teachers, with some of the other Colorado Democrat candidates. And she said, wow, I get to be with these champs. And then you took the word champs and changed the A to an I. And oh my gosh, uh, you really have gotten a lot of attention on that. <laughs> I did, and I didn't realize it would actually get that much attention. But it, it, but it's a, I'm glad I got the attention because it brings up the racism um, and the left uh, fascination with racism and how almost every Marxist agenda and subversion of a country like my my parents country cuba was subverted by the use effective use of calling out racism and pitting society with race um and um in cuba uh Castro was very good about getting international media attention and acclaim and saying um, black people are oppressed and and white people are doing this to them. And they use the same playbook that Castro uses. We're using the same playbook that Castro uses, used in Cuba and America today. Um, and we don't have, today, systemic racism was a thing in 1960. Today, we don't have racism. And, and we need to stop it. And, and I think that the GOP... Uh, chair should actually talk about this. Yes, I, and there's a number of things that I think the GOP chair should probably talk about. Uh, let's uh, tell people your House District 3, what area does that entail, Marla Fernandez? House District 3 entails Englewood and Southeast Denver. 
Inglewood and Southeast Denver. And what is your website? How can people get more information about you? They go to Marla Fernandez for HD3.com. And that's Marla Fernandez for HD3.com. Uh, Marla Fernandez for HD3.com. We've got just a couple of minutes. Uh, what's the kind of the final thoughts you'd like to leave with listeners? I know that you'd really like to debate your opponent. Have uh, Have you heard from her? No. Uh, actually, she broke her silence to tell me that I should apologize and that it was very childish <laughs> that um, I didn't, that I, I am uh, using the word. And I'm like, it's very childish that they're using the the myth of tolerance of the left um, uh, to go after a Hispanic Republican. Um, So she hasn't really debated yet. Okay. Uh, Typically, we'll see that they normally don't like to do debates um, on on that. So how can people help you again? What's that website? It's Marla Fernandez for HD. And what's the final thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today? Um, we, we need to stand up and we need to stop and we need to cleanse our, our system of all the Marxists in Colorado in the legislature. Because currently right now we have incompetent people um, on the left leading us and making laws without consideration of their actual constituents. And so they, we need to cleanse the left of their, um, of, of, of their Marxism. And, uh, and Marxism is about uh, dividing people instead of uniting people. So Marla Fernandez, thank you so much for <clears throat> stepping up to run for office. And um, good luck. Keep us, uh, keep us in the loop on what's happening. Okay, thank you. Okay, and uh, we're going to go to break. Uh, before we do that, though, a um, nonprofit that I really support is the USMC Memorial Foundation, and they are raising money for the uh, Marine Memorial. They're going to remodel it. It's out at Sixth and Colfax. It was dedicated in 1977, so it's time for a remodel, and they hope to break ground here in a few years. They're in the, the money-raising phase right now, and uh, so you can contribute at usmcmemorialfoundation.org. That's usmcmemorialfoundation.org. Uh, they're go- going to have several different walkways, and you can actually buy a brick uh, that would uh, honor your military service or your loved one's military service, and it'll have their name and their branch of service and time and all. And uh, you can do that at usmcmemorialfoundation.org. That's usmcmemorialfoundation.org. We'll be right back with Lisa Bennett. We're going to talk about NGOs, those non-governmental organizations that have become very influential and have uh, become very dangerous for America. So we'll be right back. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned Remax realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. 
Hey everybody, Roots Medical here with an exciting update about the practice. In addition to specialties in hormones, thyroid, and gut health, Roots Medical is thrilled to now offer pediatrics. Scheduling is easy and the appointments are comprehensive, genuine, and focused on your child. Take control of your child's health care by scheduling at Roots Medical. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. With the professional training from Franktown Firearms, everyone can improve. The experts at Franktown meet you at your current level of experience, gauging your confidence and ability so they can recommend exactly what's right for you. After you purchase your first or tenth firearm, Franktown will always encourage you to train. They maintain a comfortable atmosphere, offering lessons for improvement with one-on-one classes and private training or even group classes, guiding you along your journey from beginner to expert. They even offer a concealed carry certification class. Franktown Firearms doesn't play by the corporate model. As a family-owned, operated, and family-friendly business, they give everyone the time they deserve. They emphasize the importance of training in a comfortable and inclusive environment. Franktown Firearms wants you to be as invested in improving your skills as they are in training with you. Sign up for any of their group or personalized courses today at klzradio.com forward slash Franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Americans Veteran Stories with Kim Munson, Sunday afternoons at 3, here on KLZ 560 AM and KLZ 100.7. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Uh, on the line with me is Lisa Bennett, and she is owner the owner of Wild Skies, which is a, a fabulous vacation cabin rental out on the Western Slope. Uh, she's also an excellent researcher, and a very concerned citizen and a frequent guest on the show. And we wanted to talk about these NGOs, these non-governmental organizations that have become very influential. And in fact, I think many of them have, uh, have been used to undercut America. Um, so we wanted to talk about that. Lisa Bennett, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Kim. Yeah, a lot of people may not realize just how much of an effect in our daily lives those NGOs. And when we say NGOs, we're referring to foundations and trusts. For anyone that listens to NPR, all those people that sponsor NPR, like the Pew Foundation, the Tides Foundation, et cetera, that's who we're talking about. And they have more effect in our daily lives than I think most of us are willing to admit. And without a roadmap or a guide, it's almost impossible to navigate the headlines of the news today and our policy debates and even the ideological battles that are raging every day without realizing that they are all founded on the money from these foundations. Well, and I think some of these uh, people that actually earned the money, that created the businesses uh, that, that these foundations now uh, live off of 
you know, the money that they they made um, would probably be turning over in their graves when they see what is happening with the, the money that they, they made here as entrepreneurs in America. And now it's being used in many ways to undercut America. What do you think about that, Lisa? Well, absolutely. So as an example, the Pew Charitable Trust, that was actually founded as a very conservative group to help Philadelphia. That money was meant to stay in Pennsylvania. Um, now the Pew Charitable Trust is known as a liberal group that funds progressive causes across the country. So the true intent of the founders of that trust are no longer being followed. So for any of your wealthy listeners out there that think that they're going to start a trust, um, beware that you don't have control of your trust once you're gone and that it could be turned against the purposes for which you originally set it up. So what are the things, some of the things the Pew Charitable Trust has uh, been involved in? Oh, well, there's a lot. But I think before we go into that, because there's so many trusts to talk about, I think we should talk about where the information that I'm going to be sharing comes from. For your listeners who aren't aware of the Capital Research Center, they're based in D.C., and they're a fabulous group. And so that's where the data that I'm going to be talking about today comes from. In my opinion, they are the Project Veritas of fundraising. They connect the dots for us in so many ways. They're almost like an undercover audit team, and Hayden Ludwig is their home run hitter. He works for them, and he is consistently looking at the tax returns that these organizations file and tracking where the money has come and gone, and you almost need to be like an FBI slash detective to track this. It's not as easy as it sounds, and so he has an extremely good skill set. So today I'm going to be sharing mostly his research findings, which in my opinion are mind-blowing. Your listeners won't want to miss a single minute of today's show, and I'm sorry to have to say it'll probably have to be continued for another show because there's so much to cover. But for those of you who don't know what CRC, which is the Capital Research Center, does, they're an investigative think tank in America. And the old adage is that if you're going to play the game, you need to know the rules of the game. Well, that's where the American public is at a huge disadvantage. We don't know the rules of the game, but these foundations do, and they're taking advantage of it. So foundations are also a very incestuous group, meaning one funds another and then gives birth to another to do another part of the evil act to keep separate so they can't all be connected. And we'll get into that a little later in your show. Okay, continue on. Okay. So some of your listeners might know that I homeschool, so a bit of my teaching background is going to come out here. And if we were on camera, I'd be like Glenn Beck right now writing on a whiteboard. Uh, so be forewarned, your listeners might want to get a pen or pencil and lots of notebook paper because we have such an insidious family tree to go through that you'd be scratching your head if you don't pay attention. In fact, I even advise your listeners to make sure that they go to your website and down the link to the show when you post it so they can listen to it again to maybe connect the dots. Your listeners may want to also share the material of what we're uncovering with other people because it's so explosive and so much of this is so unknown to the general public that they'll definitely want to share it. In fact, I'm hoping that the information I share today actually changes your listeners' lives. Uh, I, we know in Colorado what happened with Tina Peters, right? She was a Mesa County clerk and recorder, and she's famous for saying, I cannot undo what I have seen. Well, your listeners won't be able to undo what they're about to hear. 
The good news, though, is that I'm not going to give a test at the end, but the bad news <laughs> is if people don't pay attention and take action, we will lose our country to the left and their communist agenda. And this will mean a mega change to our lives, our lifestyle, our livelihoods, everything, because they plan on taking away our freedoms by taking away our way of life. And what do I mean by that? I'm talking about taking away our livelihoods. Autonomous trucking. A lot of truckers out there make a very good living with what they do, and they're very independent. A lot of them own their own rig and can take their own schedules and routes. Um, that might be going away, especially if the government has a choice in the matter. Um, laws can also be changed to make it illegal to do your job. Just recently we heard about how California passed a law that strips the licenses of doctors that don't follow the medical narrative the government wants you to follow. So that means that the doctors in California that prescribed ivermectin, which was proven 92% effective in curing COVID, they'd lose their license and be unable to practice medicine in California just because they shared life-saving medical information with their patients. In fact, the National Institutes of Health, that's a government agency, they even have that statistic of 92% effective for COVID up on their website now. But if this law had been in effect at the beginning of COVID, those doctors would have been stripped of their licenses. And we even hear now on the, on the NIH, the National Institutes of Health website, that COVID is, or I'm scary, excuse me, that ivermectin is actually curing some cancers too. Yes, cancers too. So anyway, um, let's get back to licensing, right? So you also have the ABA. That's the American Bar Association. 28 states require membership in it. If they don't like what a lawyer is doing, if they don't like the type of case a lawyer is taking to court, they can disbar that lawyer and claim that he's filing a frivolous lawsuit. But guess what? Who gets to define frivolous? The ABA, not the lawyer, not us. And especially if that's our case, um, surely there's no way that we, the people, would take a frivolous case. Lawyers are expensive. Even if they work on commission or contingency fees, uh, this doesn't work for us. Like, we would not pursue this. This Lawsuits take lots of time. So defining the terms of the game are part of how foundations and the corrupt government agencies work on things. And it's not just professionals like doctors and lawyers. Hairstylists also have to be licensed. So it almost doesn't matter what your profession is. So many people are licensed. Um, It also means our freedom of movement, cars. Like, that's how we get around in this country, whether it's to a better job in a different neighborhood from where we live, or if we choose to move to a better neighborhood than we live so that we can still go to our same job, mostly we need cars. Although a few cities have pretty good public transportation, that's an issue, too, because even if we had perfect public transportation everywhere and didn't need cars any longer, which, by the way, they're regulating cars by not allowing us to... Um, purchase gas cars any longer, not permitting gas stations any longer, uh, basically uh, causing us to spend so much money on gas that we don't want to drive anywhere. But going back to public transportation, the government, I'm not sure if anyone's been following this, but Biden had his executive order a few months ago, and we talked about this, how he is tasking his government agencies to look at cryptocurrencies, but not the existing ones, a new government cryptocurrency. They want to replace cash. They want it all to be digital cash, like it is in China, where you can't do anything without your phone, which, as we know from the 2000 Mules movies, tracks you everywhere you go. 
and that's how you have to pay for everything. And if they decide that you have traveled too much or you have said something they don't like or done something they don't like or gone to a meeting they don't like, they can shut down your cash and you can't do anything. And they can do it instantly. So for your listeners out there, I implore you that you need to start paying cash for things. I know we all want to earn those points on the credit cards, but that's how they track us. If anyone remembers on January 6th, a lot of the people that were tracked in D.C., they were tracked via their phones and their credit card spending. Companies like Bank of America didn't even wait to be asked by the FBI to turn over data. They did the searches on their own and on their own turned it over to the FBI to help the FBI track who was at the Capitol on January 6th. So please start paying cash. Um, it, It helps the merchants too because they don't have to then pay the credit card processing fees. And if we get rid of cash, Uh, the government's going to control us, and we can't allow that to happen. And, Lisa, we have just a few minutes before we go to break. Um, The question people ask, first of all, this is pretty mind-blowing for a lot of folks. And um, there's so many Americans that believe in the best of people. And when I talk about some of these issues, their first question is, why? And that's a difficult answer. What, What do you say when people say, well, why would they do this? There are mega-rich people across the world. They're not just U.S. mega-rich people. You, know, you also have the people from Europe and other places as well that really do believe sincerely, and I can't tell you why they hold this belief. I can just tell you that they do, that there are too many of us. Now, are there too many of us because they feel they can't control us and we could topple them? That's one thing that's been tossed out there. The other is that they want to keep the earth in its original state, so it's more pagan versus uh, Christian-driven, which the Christian narrative is that God gave us the earth to steward and take care of, and so we are allowed to do what is proper to do on earth um, versus letting it stay in its wild state. Um, So there, there are lots of different facets to it. But it really comes down to they want to make the decisions on what gets done for their benefit. They don't want us actually participating in the freedom and liberties that they enjoy through their wealth. And so that's so antithetical to the American idea. And when we look at the Declaration and it says that all men are created equal, and the next, the reason is, is because we're all created equal in the image of God. And so with that, we have these rights of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. They don't see that for everyday people. This, and the, what, what the American idea put in place was to the point where we have been at the pinnacle of human flourishing for everyday people, uh, in history. And they are trying to tear it down. And I'm concerned, uh, of all the different things that are occurring right now, Lisa Bennett. So let's go to break. I'm talking with Lisa Bennett about NGOs, non-governmental organizations. Uh, and that is why it is so important to know our Constitution. And that is so why it's so important and so amazing that just this little town of Grand Lake, this gym in the Rocky Mountains, uh, has the premier Constitution Week in all the country. And it starts next Monday, September 12th. It goes through the 18th. And go to uh, GrandLakeUSConstitutionWeek.com and you'll see all of the events. 
And if you can go for the whole week, great. But you might just want to go up for a day and uh, catch the uh, the uh, different presentations. Or Saturday's going to be just awesome, the 17th. Uh, so to go to GrandLakeUSConstitutionWeek.com. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back with Lisa Bennett. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Uh, be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. On the line with me is Lisa Bennett. She is an excellent researcher. She's a concerned citizen. She's an entrepreneur. She's owner of Wild Skies, which is a beautiful vacation uh, cabin rental out on the Western Slope. Uh, Lisa, you're absolutely uh, correct on this. Is um, We're going to have to do another show on this, so let's get right to it. What's the next thing you want people to, to know about NGOs, non-governmental organizations? Well, I think a lot of people have been scratching their head lately and wondering, how and when did our corporations get so woke? And so I'm, I'm talking about these corporations that seem to write these huge checks to Black Lives Matter and things like that. Like, how did that happen? Well, the point is our corporations, or if I should say it correctly, our, corpor- our corporations, meaning corrupt Asians, are no longer in control of their own companies. Because of their boards, because of government controls and regulations, and the fact that they control taxation on these companies, Uh, through the government and through foundations who do it through grants, they're able to put so many strings attached to things that corporations are now in bed, basically, with foundations and with the government. So if you go back to grammar school, and if you remember the three circles, which were called a Venn diagram, where one circle overlaps another circle that overlaps the other in just the center portion, that's where we are with corporations. They're no longer independent. Because they have taken money from grants and foundations, because they've taken money from government, because their board members come from foundations or former government positions, they have basically given away their independence. Now, 
The answer is always to follow the money because there's always these strings attached. But once you get your fingers into that honey jar, the only direction you can go is deeper in. And all revolutions need wealthy backers who stand quietly behind the armies of agitators. All those BLM rioters, do you think they were there for free? I don't think so. But revolutions also need bankers and brokers. And essentially, they need middlemen who are going to insulate the wealthy donor from any turmoil they might get because they sent funds to one of these agitators, or I guess is what the political correct term is, agents of social and political change today. So to understand the progress of any revolution, we need to follow the money. And most of your listeners might not know who the Democracy Alliance is, uh, but it should really be called the Communist Alliance. Uh, They take away your freedoms, uh, and truth and advertising laws don't apply to the names of these foundations. They get to call themselves whatever they want. But the the Democracy Alliance was set up by a frustrated George Soros after John Kerry didn't win the 20 or the 2004 election against George W. Bush. And for those listeners who don't know who John Kerry is, other than he ran against the president, he then became the Secretary of State under Obama, and he is now the climate czar under Biden. And so, and his wife, um, he married, he got to marry two billionaire Harrises. I'm not sure how that happened. Um, but his current one, which is uh, Heinz Foundation, um, basically Harris, she donates to so many progressive causes. This is all tied together. Who's in politics, who they wealthy give their money to, these foundations are all in bed with each other. The Democracy Alliance channels funds from a select group of about 100 mega wealthy donors, and they send that money to progressive policy groups. Now, your listeners can substitute communist slash socialist every time we use the word progressive here, but equally important is the Tides Foundation and its affiliate, or what I like to say, offspring, the Tides Center. So the Tides Foundation raises the money, gives it to the Tides Center, and the Tides Center actually distributes a big chunk of that money to other progressive causes. So I'd like to think of the Tides Network, or cartel might be a better word, as one of the leading brokers of the unfolding of both the Obama revolution that happened with everything Obama did, and now what I'll call the Biden debacle that promises nothing less than to completely transform our economy from a freedom-loving, capitalistic one to basically a government totalitarian takeover. So... Basically, the Tides Foundation is the philanthropic left's best-kept secret. They fund Greenpeace. They fund the anti-Israel J Street. There's hardly one left-wing group that hasn't taken Tides money. And using a sophisticated funding model, Tides has grown into the leading platform for laundering away ties between those wealthy donors and the radical causes that they fund and at the same time generating hundreds of new progressive organizations along the way. So to explain what I mean by what I just said is let's just say, Kim, that you want to start up a left-wing cause. Let's just say um, you want to save the toad wart in West Denver, and there's some developer that wants to build a housing project there, and you're afraid that uh, this toad wart is just not going to survive if they build on that development. The Tides Foundation knows that you don't know anything about PR, you don't know anything about accounting, you don't know anything about fundraising. You're just maybe a biologist who knows a lot about that toad. 
And so, therefore, they will actually tell you, we'll set up, they as in Tides Foundation or Tides Center, will set up your website. You can use our lawyers. You can use our PA, PR agency. You can even use our fundraising software system that we created, and we'll set up all of your back office, everything that you need. We'll even use our media contact contacts to get you great PR and get you into the New York Times and whatever other publications, because we're in all this media. We'll even get you on NPR for a, a segment there. And all you have to do is what you specialize in, which is the biology of that frog and stopping the development. And what we will do as a Tide Center is we will fundraise for you, and just like Ticketmaster takes a portion of the ticket cost at a concert, the Tide Center takes its cut of the money that your group fundraises to cover their administrative back office costs, and then the rest goes to you. And they do this because they realize that a lot of progressive people that have a great idea don't know how to execute on that idea. Whereas the Tide Center has been doing this for thousands of organizations, it's like the Ford Model T uh, factory. They know exactly how it needs to be done, and they will do it for you and just take a cut off your pro- um, profits uh, for your fundraising. And so this is what the Tides Cartel is doing. And they also distribute lots of money themselves to these smaller groups. So if you go back to even the Wolf Initiative in Colorado, a lot of the funding for that was basically laundered through big groups like this. Lisa, we're just about out of time. We have about three minutes, but the dot I want to connect on this then is how they're using, for example, your example of this this toad, to stop development. And of course, uh, developers there um, they've also tried to demonize them. But developers build homes for everyday people to have families and live lives. And uh, they don't want that to happen. So they use this and they use the environment to stop those kinds of things. And it's it's a well-oiled machine. We've got a couple of minutes left. We'll get you booked again um, soon uh, because we only, I think, scratched the surface. So what's the final thought you'd like to leave with listeners today? I guess the final thought is that this is a billion-dollar operation. And the only way to fight it is through education. Don't be swayed by the ads. Don't be swayed by the names they call themselves. You know, they could call themselves the goody two-shoes, we do everything great to help you make your life more wonderful. Ignore what they're called. Ignore the ads. The truth of the matter is that everyday people have knowledge and the ability to fight back, but we don't if we sit on our duffs all day and do nothing. You need to get involved, you need to be aware, you need to educate people. And I'm happy to go into the Pew Charitable Trust as well, because they should never be considered nonpartisan. They completely fund left-leaning causes, as do all the other big groups. The only thing we have that they don't are numbers. The difference is we are not organized and cohesive, and this is a nonpartisan issue. This has nothing to do with your party affiliation. We all need to combine together with our efforts and our ideas to fight back against this globalism. Well, Lisa Bennett, I so appreciate that. And uh, we will, um, I'll get back with you and we'll get you booked to go through uh, the Pew Charitable uh, trust as well. And do, are they the ones that do the, the Pew um, 
surveys? Yes, same group. Aha. Okay. Well, Lisa Bennett, I so appreciate that. And this is a lot of information. And uh, uh, yes, we'll get this posted and people can go to the website and listen to the podcast. So uh, Lisa Bennett, thank you so much. And uh, again, a concerned citizen, great researcher. uh, And I've learned so much. Thank you, Lisa. You're welcome. Wow, that is pretty mind-blowing, my friends. Um, but our quote for the end of the show is from Edmund Burke. And um, manners are so important. Will, uh, William Wilberforce, back in the um, 1700s in Britain also, wanted to, to bring manners back. We need to bring ba- manners back to uh, America. And this is what they said. They said, manners are of more importance than laws. Manners are what vex or soothe, corrupt or purify, exalt or debase, barbarize or refine us by a constant, steady, uniform, insensible operation like that of the air we breathe. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. We'll be right back with Hour 2. It's the Kim Monson Show, analyzing the most important stories. I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations. The latest in politics and world affairs. With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not. Today's current opinions and ideas. I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucrat the power to make rules about what we inject into our body. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to hour number two of the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And my friends, it is never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's their rights, their property, freedom, livelihood, opportunity, or lives via force. And it could be with a weapon policy and unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, the World Economic Forum, Davos Globalist Elite's agenda, or the new 87,000 IRS agents authorized in the Democrats' Inflation Reduction Act. Wow, Steve. Or as we just learned in that last segment with Lisa Bennett, uh, NGOs. NGOs. Yes, most definitely. So uh, uh, thank you to all of you who listen. You're each treasured, valued. Uh, Strive for excellence today. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. Uh, We were made for this moment. And when Lisa said we cannot sit on our duffs, she's absolutely correct. And uh, when I say we were made for this moment, we each need to choose at least one thing and and go to work on that and it might just be listening to the show becoming informed and talking with your friends and your neighbors and your colleagues about these important issues the more educated you become on these issues the more informed you can then talk in reasonable voices reasoned conversations and that that is why we do the show Uh, our quote for today is from edmund burke 
And Edmund Burke was um, an Irish-born British statesman, economist, and philosopher. He's born in Dublin, and he served as a member of parliament from 1766 to 1794. Uh, and uh, he was with the Whig Party, was born in 1729, died in 1797. And he said this, he said, hypocrisy can afford to be magnificent in its promises for never intending to go beyond promise. It costs nothing. And it does cost something now in America with uh, all of the debt that these politicians are incurring that we will have to pay for. But our children and our grandchildren will be on the hook for that as well. And they have not had a voice or a vote in taking on this debt. It is highly immoral for us to be doing this. It is highly immoral for these politicians to be doing this. And uh, but thing, there's nothing new. Each generation is, uh, you know, has the same human nature issues. And that's why this unique document, the Constitution of the United States of America, is so important to understand. Constitution Day is September tw- uh, 17th, and Grand Lake is has the premier U.S. Constitution week in all of America, although they've got some competitors that are going to want to start, and that is one down in Lake Havasu, Arizona, and then up in Fort Collins, Mary Zinzin, and that whole group is is also uh, working on one, and so they're they're all working to they're all working as uh, friendly competitors, I guess yeah. you s- should say. Thank you for but, that uh, clarification. You said competitors. It's like, well, uh, how, how do you compete? <laughs> <laughs> friendly competitors, and um, the Grand Lake uh, is uh, theirs will be September twelfth through the eighteenth. Main event is on the seventeenth, and you can go to Grand Lake U.S. Constitution Week dot com and see all the speakers. And um, Grand Lake is just a, a gym in the Rocky Mountains, and what they're doing up there is just amazing. So, again, that's Grand Lake, usconstitutionweek.com. And, uh, again, our, our Constitution is such a, a unique document in all of history, and it really had taken the Declaration of Independence and this idea that all men are created equal with these rights from God of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and and really put in place something to assure those rights. So it's a pretty remarkable thing. So now, Steve, I, I was hoping that uh, we were going to have Karen Levine. Do we have her yet? Yes, we do. She's okay. standing in the wings. Okay. Karen Levine is a great sponsor of both of the shows. And she's a, a friend. She's been a, a friend for many years. She's an expert in the real estate industry. She's she's seen the, the metro real estate market through many different cycles. Of course, we're in a very interesting one right now. And uh, Karen Levine, welcome to the show. Good morning. What is going on in the metro real estate market right now? Well, I would say the adjustments continue to um, occur, but nothing dramatic. Um, I had a client ask me yesterday if their home price was plummeting because that's what they're hearing um, on the media. And home prices are not plummeting. We saw um, an excessive appreciation run between January and May, and then we saw interest rates go up. They doubled, and then they sort of settled down, but not by a lot. We have anticipation that rates may adjust again here at the end of the month. Um, So everyone's trying to figure out the new normal, um, but homes that are priced well are getting sold, and buyers are seeing opportunity because they aren't in multiple offers of 12, 15, 20 competitors, 
on a good house, they may have a competitor or two, and they're not having to make up what we were referring to as appraisal gap because the values have been established over that great appreciation run. Well, and Karen, I asked this question, I think, last week because I thought, gosh, these people that came to the table and um, had to put in money for that appraisal gap, I was like, ah, what happened? But you mentioned that they probably came in, they got those uh, um, mortgage rates at a much lower rate. So um, I think that takes away a little bit of the concern on that that appraisal gap, correct? Exactly. And and that was the market. We talk about um, the free market and the beauty of capitalism. And when there are more buyers in the marketplace and there's not enough inventory, prices are going to get pushed up. And buyers, you got to love the American people and their tenacity. They want to be homeowners. And so they figured out a way to do it. And now, with interest rates being higher, um, we're having to be creative again. And I'm sure Lauren Levy, when he's on, he talks about the opportunity to do what's called a 2-1 buy-down, which makes your interest rate not such a big sting on the first and second year, and then you kind of settle into what that rate is. Um, and so sellers, new home builders are getting more creative, and it's creating more opportunity. Well, and all these people that were making these multiple offers on these homes, they haven't gone away. They're maybe trying to figure out these adjustments, correct? Correct. So, you know, when... You had an offer on a home and there were 12 buyers. Well, there's only one home. So that meant 11 buyers went back out into the marketplace. And based on statistics, we believe not all those buyers have been absorbed into the marketplace. So there's still plenty of buyer activity. But for buyers who maybe felt um, a little intimidated by the market um, at the beginning of the year, there's opportunity for them now. And they shouldn't let these interest rates scare them. Their buying power might be a little bit less, but they're not going to be in that competition. Okay. And then new bills as well. Um, these developers that have these new bills uh, certainly have made commitments to uh, build those properties. And so if somebody's interested in a new build, it, it's important that they have somebody on their side of the table as well. And I think it could be a lot of young people. They don't realize that, that, that if they need to have somebody represent them. And so you can help them with that. They just need to take you to that first appointment, correct? Correct. So the, we have a builder realtor council and our agreement is that I will attend um, with my buyer client on the first visit. Of course, I'm going to attend with my buyer client on the contract visit and the uh, walkthroughs that occur during the construction process. But they just want to know that you have representation before you walk through that door. And there were buyers that were under contract at those low interest rates who are not able to buy the home that they were planning to buy. And it is getting completed here probably over the next 60, 90, 120 days. And those builders are going to continue to build those homes, but those buyers have left that community and builders want those homes to go under contract. So we're seeing builders be willing to offer incentives towards closing costs, maybe price reductions um, that we haven't seen in probably five, six years. Okay. And how can people reach you, Karen Levine? They can reach me at 303-877-7516. Again, that's Karen Levine, uh, REMAX Realtor, REMAX Alliance Realtor, 303-877-7516. Karen Levine, we will talk to you next week. That sounds great. Thank you. Uh
Okay. And we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Kim Ware, and she is the outreach director for the Christian Home Educators of Colorado. And um, first question, I want to ask her a a bit about these government-run schools. And, of course, we had Marla Fernandez on in the first hour. She's running for House District 3. And the the thing that that really catapulted her to to get into the race was the terrible literacy rates that we have of these kids coming out of the government-run schools. So I want to talk with Kim Ware about that. We'll be right back. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. Are you concerned about the curriculum taught in government-run schools? Are you concerned about CRT and sexual indoctrination worldview agendas taught to your children in government-run schools? Are you concerned that your children are not receiving a quality education in the government-run public schools? Have you considered homeschooling but don't know where to start? Christian Home Educators of Colorado, or CHECK, has answers. You can homeschool. Go to check.org slash start. Kim Munson highly recommends Christian Home Educators of Colorado. Reclaim your child's education by going to chec.org slash start today. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Uh, Kim Ware is on the line, and she is the outreach director for the Christian Home Educators of Colorado. And uh, they're a sponsor of the show. Greatly appreciate that. Kim Ware, um, we just heard that the um, check spot um, that was just run regarding these government-run schools. And parents, not all parents understand what has been happening with curriculum in these government-run schools. Many people are waking up. Uh, through the whole COVID thing, when kids were at home and there was online classes, uh, parents, many of them, couldn't believe the things that they were being taught. What are you hearing uh, out there regarding this issue? Oh, my, so much. First of all, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Tim. I'm so (laughs) glad to be here this morning, and Tech is so pleased to be able to sponsor your show Okay, so I think it's important first to step back and say, what is a government-run school and why do we keep saying that? That's sort of become the way that we're terming public schools and parents are like, what do you mean it's a government-run school? I'm sending my kid to my neighborhood school. I've met my teacher. She's lovely. I'm a part of the PTA and the principal is amazing. 
why are we calling it government-run school? And the reality is it's a government-run school because what the government funds, the government runs. So I'll say it one more time. Mm-hmm. What the government funds, the government runs. So taxpayers spend annually over $15,000 per student in a public school. So the public school wants your kids bottom in a seat because they get that taxpayer money and that money goes to programming that is not focused on reading writing arithmetic rather it's focused on things like we mentioned critical race theory comprehensive sex education which has goals to change the sexual and gender norms of our society so we're trying to turn out young people who are going to look, act, and think in a certain way. So, you know, the big questions about socialization. Yes, your kids are being socialized when they go to school. They're, they're being socialized to look a particular way and have values and thought processes that undermine uh, most parents' values. And most parents, what I'm hearing from them is, well, I'm sending my kids to this school. They came home with a book. As I started looking through this book that they got in their kids' library, I'm seeing all this stuff that is, A, an outright lie, or B, completely opposite of what we're trying to build in our family. So the kids go to school for eight hours a day. Then they come home, and not only are they doing homework, but parents are having to deprogram all of the indoctrination that is taking place at the school. And there are parents that don't realize this is going on still. Uh, and I know that I know there's many people out there that are working to in, inform them. And it, and this just just didn't start to happen. Uh, in fact, Kim, where I've shared this story, um, Kane, who uh, is up in northern Colorado, and he is the founder of Task Force Freedom, had uh, had talked about some different books that are, are in the school libraries. Kids are are uh, seeing them, and, and one of them, I can't remember the name of it right now, but he had the pages of the book, and it is like pornographic um, cartoons. Or And right. I, I was just shocked. And there, I believe in freedom of speech. I, I don't believe in, in banning books. Um, however, I do not believe that those pornographic images should be in our schools. And, um, and it's just remarkable that they've taken our freedom, like freedom of speech, and have used that against us to groom our children with this whole sexual orientation thing. It's just remarkable. But um, there was another book. It was called The Bluest Eye, and I think it was by Toni Morrison, who was very friendly with the, the Clintons, and she was held up as a as a, a great author here in mm-hmm. America. And so somebody brought my attention to this book, The Bluest Eye. And again, it was very porn- pornographic. And um, as far as I think the descriptions, I don't think that there were images in there. But I have a lot, a lot of books, Kim Ware, and I was going through our library, and we have that book in our house. And I asked my daughter about it, and she said, oh, yeah, we had to, we had to read that for English class. And I was an involved parent. And so I didn't, and that this was a number of years ago, Kim. Right, right. Yeah, 
It's so insidious. And I'm looking right now. I haven't seen the 2022 Healthy Kids Survey from middle school students. So how old are, are our middle school kids, right? They're 11 to 13 years old. And in the 2021 Healthy Kids Colorado Survey from middle school students, it says you are about to take the Healthy Kids Colorado Survey. This survey is about your health and the things that affect your health. And then when you go through it, it's asking questions like, uh, what is your gender identity? (laughs) And most of these kids, like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. Um, As far as I knew, I, like, I was a girl or I was a boy. And, um, And causing kids to question things that they otherwise might not question if it wasn't being suggested to them that they ought Absolutely. to question it. Right? Abs- and their, their brains, their minds, they're just, they're just not equipped. And then because we are such a busy society and our kids are going to school for eight hours a day and then we're doing extracurricular activities and, and then we're having dinner and then we're doing homework and then we're putting people to bed, when is there even time for parents to talk about these things with their kids and even ask the questions. I know when I got into school after my mom would pick, I mean, after I got in the car, after my mom would pick me up, I was so like done with just thinking and just being around people because I'm a natural introvert. It might not sound like it because I'm able to speak and the (laughs) Lord has gifted me with those qualities, but um, I need to be recharged by having down quiet time. And I get in the car, and how was your day? Fine. What did you do? Eh, nothing. And ha- I mean, have you ever tried to talk to an 11-year-old after a school day? Yeah, oh, <laughs> There's I not know. much to be said. So, so, well, for, it's, it's first hard. of all, we're going to have to, um, I need to get a hold of this Healthy Kids Colorado survey. I've heard of this before, and so I need to get my brain around that. But again, what you're, you're talking about is suggesting things to kids that wouldn't even cross their mind. And then 11, 12, 13-year-olds, they're going through puberty. Their hormones are going crazy. They're, they don't quite know what's happening to their bodies. And so this is not by accident that they're targeting this age group uh, with all with this kind of stuff. They're actually trying to uh, start in pre-K and kindergarten as well with this agenda because um, the comprehensive uh, sex education legislation that, that was passed here in Colorado a few years ago, I read that legislation and it was... Um, um, it basically was putting into law that all different kinds of um, sex acts would be taught. And I'm like, honestly, is this really what we need to be teaching when, as uh, Marla Fernandez had mentioned in the first segment, or the first hour, that our literacy rates are terrible. And in fact, I think uh, most third graders in Colorado cannot read uh, at proficient levels in, in, in third grade. And at least 50% of it, I think, I think uh, kids cannot, cannot read. That's why parents need to take a look at, at home, um, homeschooling. Although I think parents think that, how could I do this? You know, we're both working and I don't know how to do this. What do you say to them, Kim Ware? Well, I think it's important, too, to realize that when your child is in a public or a private school situation, so much of that day is all about managing bodies and about controlling people. There's just really not time to give this sort of one-on-one instruction to students who need to learn how to read um, because you're going to have some kids that are natural learners 
where reading comes easily to them, kids where math comes easily to them, and then there are those that don't. But when you have 27 to 30 kids in a class, it's impossible to teach them art. And, all. and yes, we can do special things when we where we pull them out of class and they go sit in special groups, but then they're missing these other things that the kids are doing in the classroom. So why not home educate? It makes so much more sense than having your kids put in a system of control where they are controlled by bells and and structure that is harmful to them when they could be home with their parents getting one-on-one instruction that takes significantly less time than it does for a kid to be in a classroom in a public school setting for eight hours a day. Um, And that's where it comes down to talking about, yes, when you are a dual-income family and both parents are working, you can homeschool. It may take some creativity. It may take some juggling things around. But the amount of time it actually takes to teach your child how to read, write, do math, and then start to get into those other subjects is actually very small. And then the added benefit is keeping the heart of your child and having a relationship with your child. How many of us have have strained relationships with our parents because we didn't get to completely bond with them as kids? Well, we and didn't see eye to eye, you know. Right. And keeping the heart of your child. I mean, we really are in a battle for our children right now. Uh, Kim Ware, let's go to break. I'm talking with Kim Ware. She's the outreach director for Christian Home Educators of Colorado. And this is, these are such important issues. And I almost can't even believe that we're, we're talking about some of the things that are being taught to our children. But we have to understand what is going on. And that's why homeschooling, I think, is a, is a great option. And so be sure and check out chec.org. That's chec.org. And you can do forward slash start for more information on that. But we're going to go to break. Before we do that, I uh, would really encourage you to support the USMC Memorial Foundation. Uh, they are raising money for the Marine Memorial out at Sixth and Colfax. And they're in the money-raising phase right now, and they hope to break ground here in a few years. And uh, so you can contribute at USMCMemorialFoundation.org. That's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. Uh, or you can actually buy a brick to honor your military service or that uh, the military service of your loved one. That will be on one of the walkways there. And, again, that's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. We'll be right back with Kim Ware. She's the Outreach Director for Colorado, our Christian Home Educators of Colorado. We'll be right back. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. No matter how you define it, inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. 
All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on and who is responsible. That is why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. She has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim could use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at KimMunson.com. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. With the professional training from Franktown Firearms, everyone can improve. The experts at Franktown meet you at your current level of experience, gauging your confidence and ability so they can recommend exactly what's right for you. After you purchase your first or tenth firearm, Franktown will always encourage you to train. They maintain a comfortable atmosphere, offering lessons for improvement with one-on-one classes and private training or even group classes, guiding you along your journey from beginner to expert. They even offer a concealed carry certification class. Franktown Firearms doesn't play by the corporate model. As a family-owned, operated, and family-friendly business, they give everyone the time they deserve. They emphasize the importance of training in a comfortable and inclusive environment. Franktown Firearms wants you to be as invested in improving your skills as they are in training with you. Sign up for any of their group or personalized courses today at klzradio.com forward slash Franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Uh, On the line with me is Kim Ware. She is the outreach director for Christian Home Educators of Colorado. And that website is check, C-H-E-C dot org, C-H-E-C dot org. And before I get into the next questions, Kim Ware, tell us just a little bit about uh, if people go to C-H-E-C dot org with forward slash start, uh, that can give, it doesn't cost anything and uh, can really kind of explain to people homeschooling, correct? Yes, that is a wonderful place to go. Um, Check put together this amazing starter package. So when you do this free start, you get a series of emails with videos that you can watch at your own pace, at your leisure, that you can watch and rewatch and really get a great taste of what it means to homeschool and how you can truly do it and make it work for your family. And again, that's check, C-H-E-C dot org forward slash start. Kim, where you said something in the last segment that um, there's funding for students of about $15,000 here in Colorado. Now, is that is that just kind of an average across the state? Because I know that the education funding is so complicated, it's difficult to understand. But I, I've always wondered, what is it that the pure... Uh, pure uh, per pupil funding is. So is that a pretty good average across the state of Colorado? That's actually, that's an average, uh, a national average, a national, and that is from the National Education Association in 2021, that taxpayers spend an average of 
$1,240 per pupil annually. When you do a quick Google search, it looks like the state of Colorado is about 11000 per student okay. annually. Okay. Uh, so those that want to raise taxes are going to say, hey, we're under the average. So let, let's use this lower number then. Uh, okay. And so let's, you mentioned, and what, do you have an average class size? You mentioned 27 to 30 students. Uh, is That's there an average? I believe it is. Okay. So let's, let's uh, compromise. Let's go at 25 students per classroom. And 25 students at 11,000. Uh, dollars per student. That's let's see. It's a hundred and ten thousand for ten. Uh, so it'd be two twenty for um, twenty, and then another fifty-five. So let's see. That's two hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars for a class of twenty-five. And wow. we know we're not paying teachers um, two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. And nope. we're certainly not getting good results if uh, if not even 50% of our third graders can read at proficient levels. One has to ask, hey, where is all that money going? Uh, I tell you what, I could probably take a class of 25 and for, I'd say, 225000 I bet I could get them all to read. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure that you could. Because I used to say, Kim, I used to say, I'll just send my kids to kindergarten because I didn't understand how to teach a child how to read. So with my oldest, remember, I didn't pull her out until third grade. I thought, well, if someone can just teach her how to read, I can probably pick up the rest. And then after her, I've taught three more kids how to read. And I'm not a reading specialist. I'm a parent who loves my kids. And there are amazing people that have put out curriculum that tell you exactly how to do it. You do not need a college degree to teach a person how to read. Well, and I think about these little um, one-room or two-room schoolhouses that were prevalent uh, in America around the, the turn of the uh uh, 20th century uh, and the educations that those kids got. And I so recommend people to do a quick web search for the Saline County, Kansas, eighth grade exam from 1895. Uh, and that is when people talk about that kind of an eighth grade education, we then talk about that generation as the greatest generation because they they knew how to read. I mean, Abraham Lincoln kind of taught himself to read. He read every book he could, the, the Bible by night uh, and he didn't have a reading specialist doing that so the fact that we are spending this kind of money and again that'd be $275,000 here in Colorado for a class of 25 um, we wonder where is all that money going and what are they teaching so another point I wanted to make regarding these government-run schools and this indoctrination that's going on is I've heard from many parents uh, when they're in in middle school, when they're talking about the this um, CRT and also the sexual indoctrination, they start the conversation sometimes with "Don't tell your parents." I don't think mm. that parents understand that parental rights are under assault right now, and um, and and if anybody says "Don't tell your parents," you as a parent want to know exactly what they're saying for sure, right? Right. right. Absolutely. You definitely do. And then, you know, and then the, the rest of this healthy kids survey for middle school, it, it puffs the children up to, to think that, um, that what they're doing by answering these questions is actually really helpful. It says your answers are very important. 
and will help your school, community, and state policymakers improve health problems, health programs for people your age right here in Colorado. But really what it's doing is it's undermining what a child knows about themselves and who they are and whose they are because they are not, they don't belong to the state. They belong to their parents. And as Christian home educators, we believe that our children ultimately belong to our Lord Jesus. So it's just really a slippery slope. And that's why it's best to bring your kids home, take them out of the government-run schools, get creative, and homeschool them. And remember, you become the lead learner in your child's education. You don't have to know everything right away. You just start by making the decision, we're going to homeschool, we're going to change our family dynamic, and we are going to forge a path forward out of this indoctrination. And then gradually, we're going to start to um, enjoy each other. And we're, I mean, you should already be enjoying each other, I hope. But, there, you know, it, it is hard, right, when you pull your kids out of school and you've been living two separate lives to rethink your family dynamic. It's like when you bring a new baby home, everyone has to figure out where they fit again. You're no longer the baby in the family anymore. There's another baby in the family. And so you work your way around and you figure it out and you learn together. And it's just it's just the most amazing journey. I've loved every minute of it. And I want to encourage parents that you're equipped. No one's going to love your kid like you do. Well, and I want to, it, it can't be easy. I mean, there's got to be challenges. And uh, do parents feel alone or is there a support group? Uh, I, I think Czech probably has that. But uh, initially, I, I've got to think parents think, oh, you know, I, I, will I do this alone? I, what do you say to that, Kim Ware? You'll only do it alone if you choose to do it alone is really what it comes down to. And I encourage everyone, there's something for everyone to go out and find your people and get in community and homeschool with other people. Check has everything from virtual Facebook groups where you can plug in that way and just sort of talk with people and ask questions and get some support that way, all the way to going to check.org slash community, C-H-E-C dot org slash community and you can find a list of homeschool groups that have registered with check that are across the state that offer a myriad of options and you can find a group that really works with your family and what you're trying to do maybe you want field trips so you get together with a group who does field trips maybe you want to find a group that will do science experiments there's groups out there that do that you have to find your people and you have to get in community with other people so, it, yeah, it can be super lonely, but sometimes that's a choice that we make. You have to go out and have to find your people. And that's I think that's one of the things about life. You just have to be proactive. And so it is out there, and people do not have to go it alone. Uh, and Czech certainly can connect you with uh, that whole community. And I know that uh, I, I have a number of friends now that have homeschooled their children and um, – I, I think it's just been a great education for them. So, again, how can people get more information uh, regarding Christian Home Educators of Colorado, Kim Ware? Absolutely. They can go to check.org, C-H-E-C dot org. We have a starter package, so forward slash start. You can also come to our intro seminar on October 15th. And when you go to check.org, right at the very top, you'll see come to our intro seminar, register now, and come for a few hours on a Saturday morning 
bring your mom, your dad, I'm talking like grandparents here because we want grandparents to be involved in our family life too. Bring your husband, bring your wife and come let us just talk with you and encourage you and equip you to start this amazing journey. So check.org. Check.org. So that raises one other question, Kim Weir. What about if your kids are in third grade, fourth grade, or older? Is it too late to homeschool? I think you said Never. you pulled your, your daughter out in a third grade, but parents may, or how about sixth grade? Is, is, is there, um, you know, what, what do you say to that? It's never too late. It's never too late to bring your kids home and build a relationship with them and know them and let them know you. I've met parents who've done it from the very beginning, parents who pull their kids out at third grade, fifth grade, eighth grade, junior year of high school. It's never too late. Okay, and again, that's checkchec.org forward slash start. Kim Ware, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next week again. Thanks, Kim. Have a great day. You too. And uh, we're going to go to break. When we come back, I want to hear from you. There's a lot going on out there. 303-477-5600. 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Roots Medical here with an exciting update about the practice. In addition to specialties in hormones, thyroid, and gut health, Roots Medical is thrilled to now offer pediatrics. Scheduling is easy, and the appointments are comprehensive, genuine, and focused on your child. Take control of your child's health care by scheduling at Roots Medical. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And uh, give us a call, 303-477-5600. I want to hear what's on your radar. And Tom in Fort Collins, what is on your radar radar here good morning kim hey i think we ought to change the narrative a little bit uh all these people in the libraries the books in the libraries the pornographic books in the libraries the people uh in favor of that say that you're a book banner if you want to uh get the pornographic books out of the library i would say that since there is limited space in a library no library can hold all books 
Therefore, somebody is determining, is banning what books or deciding what books will go into that library. So the book banner is actually the one, the uh, librarian, head librarian, who decides what books will fill the limited space inside that library. So I think it ought to be turned around that those people banning books are the ones that are deciding what will go in there. And wouldn't it be better for society to have a book that's edifying to the um, human condition rather rather than one that defiles it? I love that, Tom, because uh, from a freedom standpoint, I, I never, I, I can't, I can't throw a book away. I, I, I think part of that goes back to when I heard about the Nazis that they had uh, burned so many different books. Uh, I think there's just something inherent in me about I just can't get rid of a book. However, we also have to make judicious choices. And to your point, there is limited space. And I always said to my kids that we want to listen to music and we, and they didn't always do it, but we want to listen to music. And I, I guess I didn't always either, but try to listen to music that always um, celebrates the human spirit and read books and, and put images in your mind that celebrate the human spirit, that look for the good. And uh, so to your point, there's only a limited amount of space. And to choose pornographic material to be in school libraries uh, is beyond reason. And so with that limited space, I love what you've said, is that we make sure that we, we do things that edify and, and hold up the, the human spirit. Um, great, Tom. Anything else you wanted to add to that? Well, I just, this is, uh, it's, it's a fight for, I guess, civility, really is what it comes mm-hmm. down to. This is a fight for civility. And are, are we going to be a society that, that edifies the human condition or one that defiles it? That's, that's where it comes down to. And that really is the question. And uh, our quote for the end of the show is from Edmund Burke, and it's about manners. And so manners, civil society. Uh, I think you're on to something there, Tom, in Fort Collins. Thank you. Johnny in Denver, what's on your radar? Johnny in Denver. Yesterday, I got a call from Diane DeGette to listen to her town hall meeting. And I okay. heard so many lies. It was, it was, and then I pressed the uh, star three to ask the question. And they had people asking questions that seemed like they were staged. So before I even got to ask her a question, it was the line went dead. But she says, call me. And let me know what's on your mind. And I went on the website. I didn't find a phone number, but I, I emailed her. But I was wondering, is there any way to have her on your show? Because I think with all the lies she would tell, it will blow your mind. And, and uh, you might not even be able to keep track of them. Because she's still telling the lie about um, uh, nobody's going to be taxed that makes under $400,000 a year. Right, with 87,000 IRS agents, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. exactly. Well, and it's so interesting. So many of you listeners have said, oh, I need to get Polis on. I need to get uh, here to, to get on. And I, I haven't I haven't reached out to them because I'm like, I don't think they'll come on. But to that point, you've asked and others have asked. And so we will reach out to them and see if we can get them on um, because we'd like to have an honest conversation about that, Johnny. Hey, Johnny, you're running for State House. Thank you. How can people get more information about you? It's uh, 
Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-I-E-J, or ColoradoHouseDistrict5.com. And uh, you can email me, uh, call me from there, and uh, I'll answer all questions. And tomorrow I'm going to be at the, uh, the GOP um, breakfast. So um, uh, that's another place we could meet up. But I guess I don't know if it's by invitation only. But anyway, so okay. God bless. And, uh, keep it well, thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, Kathy Albert County, Kathy Albert County, what's on your radar? <laughs> Hi. Uh, I just wanted to, something flashed this morning as, as we were talking, you were talking about the homeschooling. I'm a complete advocate of homeschooling, and I thought, well, you know what, there is an extra bonus to it for the parent because all of the parents, most of them, unless they've been homeschooled themselves, are products of the government-run schools, and so there may be gaps in their education. And it's a fact that when you are teaching something, you learn it much better and more in-depth. So when they're teaching their children, they're learning as they go, and it's a huge benefit for our general population because an educated populace is what is required to withhold to not withhold, but to um, encourage and to uphel- uphold our Constitution and our, our governmental uh, ways. So maybe that would also help them to want to run for office in the long run. So just a thought. Oh, great thought on that. And again, I think there's people that think after they get out of uh, high school or college that they should quit learning. Uh, yeah. And to your point, as a, yeah. as a, a homeschool uh, parent, you're learning alongside your child. And it's always good to continue to learn more things. So Kathy and Albert County, uh, thank you so much. Um, I wanted to just mention this, and this is coming up. On I think on September 12th, and we've got to get more information about this, but uh, Joe Biden has pr- pr- uh, proposed new Title IX regulations, and I was at a meeting last week, and uh, some women brought this up, and it's, it's terrible. Basically, and this is from the New York Post, it says, Team Biden's proposed new Title IX regulations make it clear they're coming for your children. It says the administration ostensibly drafted the rules to protect gay and transgender students from bullying and harassment, but they do nothing of the sort. In reality, President Biden is handing teachers a weapon to subvert parental prerogatives. Title uh, IX is a simple statute that outlaws sex discrimination in education. It says nothing about gender or gender identity. But the Biden administration wants to put its own spin on the law and redefine sex to include these categories. This New York Post piece goes on to say, this change has far-reaching implications. One is that it will uh, be used to keep parents in the dark on everything from curricular material to the fact that a child is socially transitioning at school. Okay, now we connect the dot right there when we had Jen Gibbets on regarding these school-based health clinics. Do we not see the danger in that? Cherry Creek has a couple. They have some up in Larimer County. They have some others throughout the state. There's this move and we can see how it all colludes together uh, to go after our children. 
And then this New York Post piece goes on to say, because this new Title IX frames gender ideology as an anti-discrimination issue, schools won't have to seek parental permission for children to participate in lessons on choosing and changing one's sex. Indeed, schools will very likely use Title IX's anti-discrimination mandate to justify denying parental opt-outs from these controversial lessons. And so I've got to get the information. Uh, We can make comments on the National Register, I think, through the 12th. Steve? You know, everything you just said, the one word that popped out to me, uh, because they they did it again, and it's the word redefine, just like they had to go out and redefine inflation. So what is the need to go out and redefine terms that we all know? And I, and I guess it's a rhetorical question. We know the answer to that in terms of inflicting their opinion, their will on the on the populace but Mm -hmm. i when you said that word redefine it's like there it is again redefine marriage redefine redefine the rainbow uh and the rainbow is is biblical it it is um god's sign that he would not destroy the earth via floods and uh, so take they they take these symbols they take these words and they redefine them and how did we get from uh the initial gay agenda of you know what what two people did, two adults did in the context of, of their bedroom as their business. I, I happen to agree. I don't want to know what's going on in other people's bedrooms. But now it is now moved to uh, we are required to affirm that. And if we don't affirm it, then we are called bigoted, which is unbelievable. And then then we now have morphed into what we're seeing with this Title IX from the Biden administration regarding kids uh, questioning whether or not they're uh, boy or girl and parents won't even know it. So we will uh, we'll talk about this again. This is so important. Uh, and um, it just kind of recently got on my radar and uh, we can make comments, I think, up until the 12th. So we'll have more information on that uh, tomorrow when we uh, uh, do the show. So our quote for the end of the show is from Edmund Burke. And, and he talks about manners. And it is really bad manners for people to say to children to, that you're not a boy or not a girl or don't tell your parents. It's really bad manners. We need to get back to, as Tom said, be teaching things that edify uh, our human spirit versus trying to degrade and debase us. So here we go with this quote from Edmund Burke. He says, manners are of more importance than laws. Manners are what vex or soothe, corrupt or purify, exalt or debase, barbarize or refine us by a constant, steady, uniform, insensible operation like that of the air that we breathe. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals. And like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America.